Welcome to the Ride for Real with Steve Lamott podcast, where Steve shares his philosophies on horse training and coaching riders in ranch versatility, performance, and cow horse events. This podcast is brought to you by Equinity All Natural Horse Supplements. For any horse at any stage of life, it's streamlined, cost effective, and easy. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve Lanford, and we're joined with Lauren Mulberg. Hi, Steve. We, we met at a clinic here. Uh, we, we've said this. Uh, we, we've become friends. I, I think I think clinics are really cool uh, because you get to meet people. Uh, horse people are different. <laughs> you don't just go to the to the grocery store, the the local restaurant, and oh, I golf and I garden and. I do this. Uh, horse people, it consumes their life. 24-7, 365 days a year, this is what we do, okay? Um, so I think horse people sort of get attracted to other horse people and, and, and you form friendships. And and whether you're a clinic participant or you become friends with a trainer. And we've done this now. So Jen and I consider you, you, you know us friends. And, and we've done this now for at least five years. Uh, but we, we did a podcast a little while ago and um, in the podcast, you brought up the demographic that's taking over the industry. And, and basically I know what it is because uh, I do this at expos. I do this at clinics and it's, it's women over 50. Right. And women over 50 who have a little expendable income that they can use that have loved horses since they were six and want to want to do something fun before they die, basically. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it becomes a bucket list Yep, for those who've never done it. Uh, those who have done it, it's, it's reliving their youth. It's coming home. It, yes, because they're like, oh, my God, I did this at fair. I did this. I did that. I went off to college and then... And then, well, then I got out of horses, and then I had my career, and and, and or I had kids, and on and on and on. And, and besides, yes, it is really predominantly female over fifty. The guys are doing the same thing. So even though the number is obviously fewer for the men, uh, especially in clinics, because I'm a guy, and we know guys don't stop and ask for directions or help. I'll put up that screen door. I don't care if I use 16 penny nails, but that son of a gun's going to be snailed to the wall by the time I'm finished. And the screen door will stand there long before the foundation ever crumbles. So men have a tendency not to maybe ask for help, but they're getting into horses the same thing. Empty nest, expendable income. They're at that point in their life that, hey, I'm retired. This is what I'm going to do. Or they're back saying, hey, I remember when I did this in fair on the ranch as a kid. I'm getting back into it. Except uh, as we're starting, and I can say this now because I'm now 51, um, it's a little different doing this now when we're a little older than when it was when we were 18. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. I mean, your love of the horse is still there, and you can, you know what you need to do to cue for a lope, or you know how to put a bridle on, and you know how to saddle a horse, but you have other considerations because... Um, I found personally, and then I, I ride with a, a group of women who are 
Some are a little bit younger, some are a little bit older, but uh, we all share kind of the same things. And the confidence, the confidence issue, the secu- the the I guess you kind of lose that feeling of security that you used to have on the horse. And so you become less confident in yourself, less confident in your riding ability, and um, sometimes reluctant to push the horse into something that you know will be fine, but you just can't get past that, get over that hump. That, it's a mental block. Yes. It's because, you know, um, and, and even even for trainers, okay, uh, you know, we, we just, I think we do it and en- hopefully we do it enough that our mind doesn't go like that. Um, but I know that whether I have a clinician's hat on that day or I have a trainer's hat on that day, or I'm at an expo, um, I have, my job is to find ways for people to be, you know, to push out of their comfort zone. Okay. Because you know, um, and everybody's different, okay? And, and, and they all have different towels. Um, <laughs> uh, we're laughing. Uh, sitting forward, okay? The I'm not a hand-dominated rider. Really? Okay? Because you can land a 747 right now because you, you've done enough hand gestures that I know which tarmac <laughs> you're supposed to be on and the hangar you're heading to. And we haven't even made a left-hand turn out of that corner yet. So uh, they're that. They're the the other one. Uh, I need you to go ahead and, and kick that horse up, bump that horse up. And then I, my favorite uh, response is, I am. Really? And you're using your legs because they haven't moved yet. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, um, you, so you. You you do it. <laughs> I'm laughing because um, I you know I when I first started coming here I had my you know hard horse keeper with me and he was he was a trained cutting horse off the creek plantation and he was just wonderful and because of my uh, lack of confidence I built into him or I encouraged behaviors in him that you had to help me get through. And I still remember the clinic where I finally, I finally, when you told me after I got him loping to keep my legs on him, I finally did it. And it was magic. <laughs> he, he continued loping, whereas before he'd been breaking down. And I had this, you know, epiphany of like, oh, listen to the trainer, listen to the clinician and it will work. But it, it helped me a lot with my confidence there. And, and um, I didn't, I started to realize how I was. Uh, limiting him and limiting myself because of my confidence. I just, I just, I guess basically was afraid. I don't know what I thought it was going to happen. He was a wonderful horse. It wasn't going to happen. I mean, he wasn't going to hurt me, but I just couldn't push through it until finally one day I thought, okay, maybe I'll listen to him and I'll put my leg on. And he's, I didn't. He did what he was supposed to do, so it felt great. You know, I, I, some of that, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to be preaching saying, "Hey, you, you get that out of clinics or you get that out of training." Sometimes you just. Sometimes you need a uh, lack of a better term. It's a wingman. You know what I'm saying? So it's a riding buddy. So maybe your thing is not training, or maybe your thing is not going to clinics. That's fine. But even when you're going down the trail. You know, and I found this, you know, to be very helpful for uh, really now the the majority of the demographic that are are into horses for enjoyment. 
that they feel more comfortable when someone else is around. And it's that encouragement. It's this, it's that. The only thing that I can that I, I, I always do lean towards the training uh, or towards the, you know, the clinics is that at least at that point, I'm hoping, and I have my fingers doing little air quotes now, that it's a qualified individual that's doing the coaching. If anybody says, starts off the phrase, here, hold my beer, let me show you how this is done, I would actually maybe start Googling professional help at that point so that you don't end up with a free ride to the emergency room, which you will be billed for later. So um, I, I think, you know, for for my role now, uh, doing expos, um, and that's really, I think, it huge is expos. Mm-hmm. Um because you see people from all different walks of life. I know that coming out of COVID, that sort of put a uh, a, a ding in the whole expo world. Okay, uh, expos are really popular in spring. We're coming out of winter. People have money in their pocket. They're chomping at the bit. The weather's breaking, and 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 they go to. It, it, it's like a, what are those restaurants? Those tapas. Uh, oh, those small little, plates. Okay, where they just get a, a few little appetizers of this and a little bit of this, and you could sample your way through the whole restaurant. That's what an expo is. You could watch this clinician and this clinician and this clinician and this clinician and this clinician, and you go through there and say, good, 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 oh, my God, never, good. <laughs> who, who is that? And you go through the list and say, listen, here's – and, and I, I, I encourage everybody, expos are great, go to them. Because sometimes we don't know that we don't know until we we watch, and then we realize, wait a second, this person here really knows what they're talking about. And I thought that my buddy, my high school friend, <laughs> who said, here, this is what you do, I saw it on the Western Channel. Maybe we need a little bit more professional assistance in order to keep us safe. It's not as dire as taking medical advice from your friend who has no degree <laughs> and, I don't think and that's putting effective. yourself in the hospital. <laughs> but it is. It, I mean, it's that, pretty close to it's, it. It's it's the same kind of thing. You you know those old wives' tales are those. You know, here's how you get the horse to to take its right lead is you jerk its head to the outside, pull it all the way out and, and then kick it real hard. And then they'll, they have to go out because they're bent to the left because, that way. Yeah, Cause and, you, you're opening up that inside shoulder. Okay. And, and I, I learned, I was like, that is, that's the way we learned, you know? So it's when somebody tells you that you got to know that that's generally not the school of thought now. Um, but one of the things you mentioned about um, having somebody, coach you and somebody ride with you like a riding buddy or whatever. One of the other things that we, my riding friends and I have started to to do and think about is videotape each other because, um, when, when we're in a clinic or at a lesson or whatever, and the, and the instructor or trainer is saying you're flapping your arms or your hands are up or your leg is not on. And we are just certain it is. Yeah. Then we videotape it. Where did they come it. up with this comment? Are they, they obviously are down. Uh, Let me introduce myself. I'm Steve Lamfitt. You must be looking at someone different. <laughs> you must be. You got me mixed up with The with other Susan person. That's because the other my person legs were on. The but whole then, time. But then you take a video, and I still remember when we did this for, for one of my friends, and Carol goes, my arms are flapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you think, 
you think you're one thing or my arm, my, my thing with me is my hands are way up and I'm leaning forward. And you really, if you see it on a video, you're like, Oh, it, it's, it's the, 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 um, I think too, you're, you're hitting it right on the head. I think too, though, that as, as I'm coaching to now the, this huge demographic, okay that are participating in the expos that do the clinics that are are the ones you see on the trail rides and stuff like that they're they're the consumers they're the ones who are are going our online store they're the ones who are ordering the bits they're looking for useful information but they're looking for information so that they don't get hurt so the the purpose of the shows that were on RFD TV and the, and now on the Cowboy Channel, the purpose of the videos that we have in the library, the purpose of us doing the expos and the clinics, is to understand your demographic. Okay, uh, and 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 the same thing with the clinics and the same thing with the training, because I'm just taking I'm hazarding a guess that 99.9 percent of them are not saying I'm coming back. Uh, I got this new hip, but I'm I'm I've decided I'm going to go for the run for the million. Okay, <laughs> and my- no, but what we do do is buy the horse online, call the trainer, and say, yes, "Hey, do, yeah. I just got a two-year-old, yeah, and yeah. it might need thirty days. It might need more than thirty or days. sixty yeah. days." Maybe a little and, longer and, than that. and that's the other the other thing about our demographic or whatever is that sometimes we me buy a horse that's not appropriate for us. No. And while sometimes you can make it appropriate, we, sometimes right. you can't. Sometimes, sometimes you can't. it's just not the right fit. And you can't, and finding the right match is really important. Yes. And we're gonna talk about that in another podcast because I think that's very, very important. Finding that match and 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 being being aware to say, hey, this is going to get me killed. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, it, trainers are the same way. I'm going to tell you something when, on, along those lines. And, and again, I'm 51 now, okay? When, when I was 18 and, and I started getting my first horses and things like that, uh, the fact that I wasn't broke doesn't scare me. That's fine, okay? Um, and I remember starting a horse at 9, 10 o'clock at night by myself in, in the arena where I boarded at and... and I had him snubbed to the post because I couldn't, he couldn't stand still. And I remember literally, this was like a scene from the John Wayne, the Cowboys. And I didn't think anything about pull. Like the only thing I didn't have was a blind on him. And I mean, this was like a red steel, you know, uh, song or, or poem. And I just pulled him free, yanked the blind and here we go. And sure. Cause you're 18, 19 years old, you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And you don't think, you know, if something would have happened at 10 o'clock at night in that arena, they wouldn't have found me until the next morning. Uh, except my, I know my parents would have showed up. My dad would have been screaming. At my mom point. would have been crying. <laughs> but but at some point, but still, it, it I would have been there for hours. Um, and, it's, and trainers are the same way. Now I look at it and be like, you know, that's a young man's horse. And I still consider myself a young man. But you look at that and be like, hmm. And, and I really like those good horses because as we get older and I say this all the time to, to students, uh, life is too short to ride a bad horse. Oh, absolutely. And, and you can't save all of them. 
No, no. And, and it's so hard not to buy with your heart. Um, and it's hard to hear that when, when, when someone says you can't save all of them. And I understand where we're at in life and, and you want to do this. And, but you know something, we have the Walt Disney channel for a reason and Hallmark. <laughs> And maybe this isn't going to be a Hallmark movie. And maybe Walt Disney did not make this into a cartoon. You know, but the difference is you are going to live a long, happy life because you've come to that realization that, hey, this might not be the one for you. Right. And it's and it's it's so easy to look at something that's got fantastic breeding and a tremendous potential and it's gorgeous and and you think, oh, this is just the right horse for me. But um in the, in the end, I, you know, are you going to be able to ride it in a year? Are you going to be right. able to ride it in three right. years? Are you going to be able to ride it for five or six years? This may be your life for my, for me at my advanced age of a hundred years old, my next horse may be my last horse because it's going to, I'm not going to be riding in 10 years. Maybe I'm not going to be riding in 15 years. So you got to think about it that way. And, and I've, I've made some mistakes about buying a horse that maybe wasn't the right fit. And not all of them are. And fortunately, some have turned out to be great. So, But but in terms of like, when, when we started talking about the demographic that's really the, the ones that are controlling and directing this industry, okay? And I know that from talking to saddle makers. I know who their buyers are, mm-hmm. okay? Their buyers are, there's fewer, you know, 22-year-old cowboys. There's lots of people in the over 50 that have expendable income that are doing this for sheerly enjoyment. Okay, you know, they're not day workers, okay? There's a handful of day workers out there, which makes me sad even saying, but, you know, we all want to be cowboy, but chances are we're not going to be. There's, you know, that's that's the truth of the matter. So the, 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 the pushing and getting out of that comfort zone, if you had to say, hey, uh, to people that were, were in the demographic that we're talking about, or in, in all honesty, this applies to everybody's demographic. Uh, e- even if you want to keep your your teenager who wants to do this, okay, uh, safe, what's your recommendation and how do they go about doing this? Finding a horse? Uh, keeping themselves safe as they're, as they're riding, oh, you know, and doing well, this. So like we we're saying, pushing out of your comfort zone, uh, we're talking about, you know, getting proper instruction, stuff like that, you know, because you, you were saying it like when, when I'm coaching and, and, and we, we just rode this weekend and, and I, I'm, I, the only other male in the group was a 17 year old boy. And, and, and I, I had the demographic of what we're talking about surrounding me for the last several days. Um, and as the trainer, the clinician, the biggest thing that I, that I had to overcome was getting you guys to step out of that comfort zone, to kick harder, to... To, to kick it all. <laughs> to, to kick it all. Okay. Not to sit forward. Not to lean forward. That is such a thing. You know, so that goes, that goes back, I think, to uh, coaching and training. And, you know, I think it's harder, too, with us, um, and I don't want to speak for anybody, but for those of us who had experiences as youth, 
and young people and in our early adult years we were riding and it came easy to us and we didn't nobody was telling us to sit back and nobody was telling us to go ahead and use your legs because we already were. Now we are it's not like you're training somebody for the first time where you can possibly get them to be it's muscle memory. I, we've I kind, but we've kind of, we've regressed because we've got the muscle memory. We know what we're supposed to be doing, right? but we have just completely lost the confidence of, of doing it. Yes. So, um, f- for me, you know, like, um, it, it goes, I always go back to the horsemanship and the education because I'm trying to put, give you tools in the toolbox so that when you are home and you're not here and you are, you know, this isn't the horse that's in training. This is this is the the good the the good solid citizen that you bought. Um, how do how do you keep it a good solid citizen? How to make sure that it doesn't become this, you know. Uh, a monster that's mm-hmm. going to get some, I hate to say it, but you know, that's what happens. They, they learn bad things along the way because they start getting away with stuff and you don't uh-huh. correct it and, and things go awry. And one of the things that, I mean, I've got it great because I have a group of riding friends and we all kind of are, it's the similar, similar level, I guess, in the sense that we all have on our own horses. We all ride, similar disciplines, or we have interests in similar disciplines. Some of us want to show, some of us don't, some of us want to trail ride, some of us don't, but we always, there's always somebody around that we can um, buddy up with. And then I think constantly getting instruction and evaluation and your, your riding buddy may be able to help you with that a bit, but most of us are about the same level. So unless you have professional intervention at some point, whether it be regular lessons or a monthly lesson or regular clinics or whatever, you, you've got to have that to keep you, I think, to keep you on track. And not just for showing, but for just making sure your trail horse isn't turning around and running back to the barn with you trying to stop it, you know, um, where you you think what he's doing is really cute and actually you are building a bad, bad habit that's going to get him hurt or you, you hurt. hurt along the way. Right. So, I mean, the riding buddies, regular instruction of some sort. Um, I listen to podcasts all the time. I watch TV. That's the reason we actually even started doing this. Watch videos all the time, just so I can hear. It was John Doughty from Equinity who said, hey, you know, I I think we need to do this. So, and this is, you know, so what we've decided to do in upcoming podcasts, we're going to have either clients or we're going to have other professionals. You know, we're going to be joined by other sponsors, uh, just to give insight and, and, and some helpful hints for, for you guys at home uh, or for those listening to this to say, hey, this applies to me or this could be helpful or stuff like that that'll sort of help along the way uh, on, on, you know, on, on this, this you know, uh, journey or whatever that, that we're, we're on that we start, whether it's training or for sheer enjoyment or the bucket list or rekindling childhood memories or whatever it is, the reason we have these horses to do it. So anyways, Lauren, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening, guys. And we'll hopefully have you tune into a future podcast. Thank you for listening to Ride for Real with Steve Landvet. Wanting more? Then watch Steve on the Cowboy Channel. 
check out his website where you could find links to his video library, his Facebook fan page, and his online store. This podcast was brought to you by Equinity, all natural horse supplements. For any horse at any stage of life, it's streamlined, cost-effective, and easy.